This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Louise and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Alcoholic Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions, or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognize it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink and this is what makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. 
All right. For anyone who's just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, Marie, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Marie. Welcome to the show. Um, let's learn a little bit more about who you are. Do you want to tell us your age or your approximate age? I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And uh, how long have you been sober? I've been sober for 29 days. Wonderful. I've been in the program for a year and a half. Oh, that's amazing. And um, do you work... I used to work, but now I'm focusing on getting sober. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. And uh, family? I'm married. I've got two sisters and a brother. Wonderful. No children. Wonderful. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about what it was like growing up. I lost my dad when I was young, and it was like a piece of me was missing. Mm. I mean, I had a beautiful childhood. I grew up in the country. But I always felt alone. Yeah, didn't kind of fit in anywhere. And you and losing your dad at 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 what age? Four. Wow, so such a young age, um, and, and a trauma for for anybody. And um, so you know, progressing into um, adolescence and teens. Um, tell us what was that like. Like at school, I'd be teased. Yeah, just still the same. Never thought mm. I'd fit in anywhere. Mm. And again, always a loner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And and so so let's talk a bit about then when alcohol became uh, part of the picture. When did you start drinking? My first drink would have been 14 at a party. Mm-hmm. Not... Um, yeah, drunk, but not drink to oblivion. Mm. It kind of progressed into that. And and how did that first drink and perhaps subsequent drinks make you feel? The first drink was like, wow. The feeling was absolutely mm. amazing. It was like, whoa, I'm Wonder Woman. I could do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, as you, as you progressed um, into your late teens and, and early adulthood did it change definitely a change it was I couldn't just have one I needed more and more and more mm-hmm. and it got to the stage where it was blackout you know didn't remember what I'd done okay. those guilty feelings sick feelings Mm. And, and you're drinking did you drink socially or did you drink alone I started to off socially, mm-hmm. and then it was alone because mm-hmm. I didn't want anyone to see what I was doing. Mm. And was it daily drinking? It started not, but then yes, it progressed into daily, and sure. it started at say four o'clock, but then it came back to at seven in the morning. Wow! And progressed from there. And this is the progressiveness. Wow! And um, at any point, did you think? I have a problem, and did you try to stop? I thought about it, but no. No. Yeah, no. 
And um, I guess, you know, what was it that sort of made you realise you need help? Was it, you know, were there any problems with jobs, relationships, family? I'd still worked, but it was my relationship with my husband Mm. and my family. Mm. He just, I suffer from other mental, Mm -hmm. emotional disorders. He can handle those, but he just couldn't handle the alcohol side of things. Mm. So he just... He just left, and it was like my whole world had just crumbled down. Mm, mm. And so it was like I have to do something about this. And, and so you know, you, you touched briefly there on 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 you know the mental um, and emotional side of things. Uh, you know, when you were drinking and when you were not drinking, that was something that was part of your story. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, any trouble with the law? No, thank goodness. <laughs> it could have been if I would keep going the way I was. Sure, sure. A lot of hospital visits, but no trouble with the law. Okay. And um, and so you, in hos- when you say hospital visits, yeah. you, you'd physically hurt yourself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so again, so the physical, mental and emotional yeah. Um, aspect. So we often describe, or you know, some people describe uh, an AA our, our rock bottom. Can you describe that for us? The feeling of it was absolutely devastating. Mm. My husband walked out again, mm-hmm. and the pain I went through was just—it's it, hard to describe. I just couldn't. I've never felt feelings like that before because I've always numbed them with alcohol. Mm. So I had to go through that process of feeling that. And I'm glad I did because if I didn't, mm. yeah, I don't think mm. I'd be here where I am now. Mm. And um, so how did you find your way to your first AA meeting? It was when my husband left me the first time and I was at my sister's. And I know this is going to be sound funny, but her dog was annoying me. (laughs) And I thought to myself, oh, is there a meeting on today? So I rang the AA line and a lovely lady answered the phone and said that there isn't these Zoom meetings. Mm. So I got on because of the COVID. So I got onto a Zoom meeting and it was like I was at home. All these Mm. people that were talking were telling my story <laughs> and it was like I understand exactly what they were saying. I cried the whole way through the meeting mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm just so pleased that I picked up that phone and got to a meeting. And the crying, I guess, was that tears of relief? Relief and acceptance mm-hmm. that all these people understood what I was going through mm-hmm. And no one judged me for what I what I had done. Mm, mm. And um, so, you know, we we talk about the program, uh, and and there are some suggestions. What are some of the things that you've done to either ensure your sobriety or to keep coming back to AA? I say my morning prayers. I ring my sponsor every morning. Mm. I put a plan in place. Mm. And that helps me because mm. if I don't have a plan, I know that things aren't going to go smoothly. 
And and I, I want to talk more about the sponsorship. Talk to me about what sponsorship has meant for you. Oh, it's for me. I need that sponsorship. I need someone to take me through and guide me through those twelve steps. Mm. Someone that has achieved that as well, and that sponsorship is just really, really important. Mm. Especially ringing your sponsor every single day. I mean, some people don't, but. It is. It sets me up for the day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, w- you know, we don't have to try and navigate this this program <laughs> ourselves. Um, and so other, other things we talk about are a service. Is that something that's part of your, your recovery? Yes, when we go to meetings, <laughs> I'm the tea girl, <laughs> and that helps. Yeah. Yeah, just get – and when you go to a meeting – you just feel, again, as I say, I feel like I'm home. This is where I belong. Mm. Mm. You just feel, you just feel it. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Look, and and you know, we we often deal with life on life's terms, as as we like to refer to it as. Um, what are some of the things that you do to help you deal with difficulties? My Saint Francis prayer. Okay. Ring my sponsor. Yeah. Or reach out to another AA member. And is that something that's always, you know, come naturally? No. Def- <laughs> definitely not. All as I can explain is that that phone at first felt like a 10 ton weight. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh my gosh, they're going to think I'm absolutely crazy. But once I got through that, it's just. It's a natural thing now. This is mm. what I need to do mm. if I need to get to the next stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I guess, how would you describe just today how you feel within yourself? Totally, totally different. Yeah. It's like I'm a different person now. Mm. Yeah. And your self-esteem and your confidence is getting better. Yeah, sure. And it's exactly the same, totally different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The way I react to things, totally different. And um, your relationships with friends, family and your husband, how yep. you know, how's that changed? They're getting better. Yeah. Because with this alcohol disease, you seem to push the ones that you love away. Mm. But yeah, and that's getting better. Yeah, sure. And it's not as strained. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, we, we touched sort of briefly on on the steps. Talk to me about your experience with the steps, um, you know, in the time that you've been in the program and what they mean to you today. When I first read the steps, it was denial. <laughs> Step one, admitting that I was an alcoholic. I can say till I'm black and blue that I'm an alcoholic, but it wasn't till I accepted that I was an alcoholic that it changed for me. And those steps do. You need to work those steps as they go. Mm. And with me, I definitely need to work that with my sponsor. Mm. And, and that's and that's exactly it. It's working those steps. It's a, We call it a 12-step recovery program for a reason. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and so I guess you touched on acceptance. Let's talk to me a little bit more about what 
that looked like and and what are some of the things you did to help with that acceptance? Going to meetings and hearing other stories. Sure. And, you know, it's not a shameful thing to be an alcoholic. Mm. It's it's a disease. Mm. And, yeah, just it's I'm not ashamed now. Mm. It's um, you know, I can say I'm an alcoholic, and that's okay with me now, mm-hmm. and I've accepted that. Mm. And now moving on with my journey to make my life healthier and better. Mm. And, and that's where we talk about those promises, and uh, you know, we know that they are a, a part of of the journey that come as a result of doing those steps. Now we, um, Marie, we talk about AA being a spiritual program, um, and you know, a, a power greater than ourselves, not a religious program. What does that look like for you? For me, I I just can't explain it, but it is something. Where would it be? Nature, my higher power, whatever you choose to be your higher power. But there is definitely something there that is greater than me because there is no way I could have done this by myself. Mm. And and did that has that changed from when you first came in the rooms? Definitely, because when I first came into the rooms, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is a cult. This isn't <laughs> for me. But in my whole spiritual perspective is totally, totally different totally different Mm -hmm. and I know if I don't start my day off with my prayers my day goes to well it does it goes to custard Mm -hmm. but I know I can restart Mm. my day at any time and that's such a um, critical thing that I think so many of us don't realize stop start it's yeah the pause Brilliant. That's that's wonderful. Uh, Marie, you know, what would you suggest for any listeners who think they may have a drinking problem? Ring AA. Mm-hmm. Just reach out. It's not it's not a shameful thing to have. Mm, mm. In this way of my life, yeah. It's a gift. It's a miracle. Mm. What advice do you wish someone had given you uh, when drinking had become a problem? If you keep going the way you are, you're not going to be here. Mm. Yeah. There is something out there that can fix this. Mm-hmm. It is a disease. It's not your fault. Mm. Yeah. So what questions do you think that someone could ask themselves to help them decide whether they need help? Is my drinking safe? Have I, is my family, have I pushed my family away? Um the things that you wouldn't normally do if you weren't drinking. Mm. Mm. Yeah, def- yeah. The pattern, your pattern changes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Marie, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. For our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or as Marie said, you can call us on the 0800 number 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury. 
so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats again on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with the serenity prayer, as we do in every AA meeting. God, God, grant grant me me the the serenity serenity to to accept accept the things things I cannot change, change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9. 